Welcome into the Not All There podcast. Uh, it's me again, Chad, and uh, we are uh, warming up for part two of my conversation with Jim. I really hope you enjoyed the first one. It's um, what can I say, man? Uh, Jim is one of a kind. He's seriously a special person for me, and I'm really pleased that this uh, conversation, these these episodes really do give you a, a, a real honest look at our relationship and uh, how we interact with each other. Uh, and this, to me, is a prime example of what sober life can look like. Uh, you got to find your people, though. Jim's one of my people, okay? And Jim has been there for me through a lot. He has, uh, in his own way, talked me off many a ledge. <laughs> and uh, I wasn't sure when he started to talk me off the ledge where we were going. But about 15 minutes later, I was off the ledge and I was laughing until I cried. So there's magic there. All right, here we go. Sit back. Enjoy part two of my conversation with Jim. All right. So like when did, so you're drinking, like what college is that kind of when it started picking up out of college? When did this when... is in the middle between uh sophomore and junior year. Okay. So when I went back, I still didn't really drink a lot. I was not that I recall just, you know, whatever. when there's a kind of socially. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, uh, and you were in Georgetown. Yeah. So then I, I finished, uh, you know, basically three and a half years. I would have finished, but I screwed up. I, I was pissed. What were you pissed about? Uh, probably my father. Mm. And then uh, something happened. My mom didn't think I was going to go back. She she was worried. Um, some people didn't think I was going to go. I had a girlfriend, Kate. She was super cool. And there was, you know, because my dad hadn't been around. My mom's very young. She was 19 when I was born. So, oh, shit. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. So we're, I mean, when my friends met her, she was an attractive woman. Oh, you had that mom. And uh, my friends from Cotton Matter, and they're like, whoa, dude. And um, <laughs> they're surprised she was young. There's always there's always a guy that has that mom. So um, yeah. not in like some Bond girl kind of way, but. No, but just like, yeah. Yeah, I got uh, And a great personality. Mm. Very open and warm. Aries. Um so I get back to Georgetown. I finish. I'm a little out of sync because of everyone else graduating earlier. Mm. I don't really have a graduation. No one comes. My mom's like, well, there's no, what's the point? You haven't really finished. I had one course to finish. It was Jane Austen. I'm like, it's Jane Austen. I'm like, I'm going to nail it. I, I got to see. Not that I keep track of these things, but. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I thought you weren't a resentment guy. But I was, uh, I did trash. My GPA had been very high and all of that. A lot of that went in the tank. So you're not a sense and sensibility person, I take it. Uh, well, I actually like Jane Austen because she's was an original. Yeah. And when you think of the time, she's writing. Oh, my sister's doing. It still sounds modern. That's uh, true. The backdrop, people in jodhpurs and long. That's weird. You know, she's writing during like the Napoleonic Wars and right after. And a lot of men aren't around. They're dead. So there's a lot more competition for men. So it makes a certain amount of sense. Mm. And England, a little bit more than the, obviously the rest of the continent is ravaged, but England's a bit insulated. So um, I worked for two years in a bank consulting firm, and I think I want to be an antitrust lawyer. 
these people were all about it, the banking industry under Reagan was there was a lot going on as before the SNL collapse. There was a lot of uh, consolidation going on, and we were doing that. And I got I started out as an office flunky, but I got myself some little promotions and writing things. Part of the briefs to the Justice Department it was weird, but I knew I couldn't go further without a law degree, so I finally decided to do that. Law school was Georgetown yeah. as well. So, but I did drink like I since I. Uh, I lived in a group house with these guys. We talk about stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Only we would also be stoned, and so it was a lot more interesting. I'll just and we <laughs> Thursday night you'd watch in Cheers, oh, ER, yes. and whatever was the other show. Cosby wasn't Cosby. I did not watch Cosby Thursday. Even before I knew he had issues, I didn't care. Too Cheers, much yeah. but there was like a, that NBC line. Yeah, Seinfeld. You know, and those people yeah. like Brooks like would go yeah. on to do. Did he do Friends? I don't know. No, he did not, but he did and Cheers and Burroughs. Yeah, James L. Brooks did a bunch of stuff, but he also did movies. Yeah. And he did... Uh, was it ER that was in there? It was well, something else. I can't remember. But uh, James L. Brooks did... Um, I believe he did... Uh, he did some big show. Well, shit. Uh, he did shows, but he also did movies. Like, As Good mm-hmm. As It Gets, I know he did that. But what was the... Uh, Terms of Endearment, I think he also did oh. that one, too. So. So, you know, there you are, you're after college. One of our friends worked in the DNC, one of our, so that was fascinating to hear him. I bet. And uh, Jewish guy from uh, Cincinnati. He was great, super interesting guy. We both would smoke cigarettes, pot, mm. have a little, wouldn't drink a lot. It was more that like, like now that pseudo intellectual experience of yeah. trying to give people and make them feel good. Um, you know, you're just like, you know, what Cheers says about the state of the universe. Yeah. And tell me what your views on alien again, Jim. Yeah. So Woody Harrelson represents who? Yeah. Is? Talk about an actor who made a transition. Jesus. So, um, yeah. We should, you know, he recovery, right? I don't think he had an addiction problem, but it does show a major transition. So drinking there, but it was really, then I, I came home to go to law school, commute, to save money and uh i would drink smoke some pot eventually quit the pot and um go downtown to you know it was the 80s new wave music dancing yeah. i had a yeah. blast so it was about that i don't remember thinking i remember enjoying drinking but i remember thinking like oh drinking so much fun or cool or i need it and i would study and i'd read books and like sip some freaking bourbon or whatever the hell it was really after that that it got bad. Yeah. And, and I had my great job. I got married and it was really that it was bad. And I start, I knew it and, uh, I, but I didn't want to quit, you know, it's too Why? Just the hassle or do you have your big book? It's right there, man. Yeah, man, I'm going to, I got my mini. I pause the recording here. Okay. I, I mean, we read all this and that, but as time has gone on, the doctor's opinion for me. Yeah. I mean, here's a guy. I don't know how many addicts he saw, 10,000 or what, but uh, where is it here? Men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol, period. There you go. That's it. So I like to make it more dramatic. I'll compare if you've everyone's seen Dirty Harry and the Scorpio, the serial murderer, and he's right. meeting the commissioner and the mayor, and they think he's they've taken care of this or whatever. He's a one-off and Eastwood 
says Harry says, no, he's going to do it again. And they go, what do you mean? How did you know? How do you know? And someone says, why do you think that? Because he likes it. It doesn't have to be more complicated than that. And, you know, now we, we can get into the evolutionary reasons, which, you know, the people who write the materials talk about in terms of, um, you know, step six and instincts run wild and they're not really thinking evolutionary terms, but they do even talk that way. These are the things we needed for survival. So you could go more, what little I know about biochemistry, you know, glucose runs the brain, it's a sugar, so it's alcohol, it's very rare in the environment, hard to get. Sugar is very rare. I mean, look at the molasses story. What's molasses? Sugar. That's why it's so valuable. Where could it be grown? Only in the West Indies. And so um, one of the last places to give up on slavery, because it was very economical to use slaves, just bring in more when they, you know, the machinery runs out. So, and very hard work um, and the diseases in that environment. So sugar, 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 sugar. So it's rare. So is there a sugar? Look at people. I know I do. I I used to go to the cookie meeting (laughs) all the time just to stay sober. (laughs) And wait a minute. I'll take a few of those. Thank you. We had a birthday party for my son last night and there was so much fucking cake there. And I mean, it was an issue. Yeah. It was an issue. It can get... (laughs) Out of hand. Why is that? Because our brains create, uh, that's what I would say. Yeah. The brain of 25%. Now I was supposed to not talk about bipedalism, but it's caloric efficiency is a huge issue for creatures. And we have two legs, which makes us very caloric efficient. We can regulate our body temperature very well, which means we're excellent persistence hunters. It's not like our eye hand coordination and the opposable finger and thumb let us throw things, you know? I mean, that's certainly an advantage, but basically wear things down and think about what drinking's like. Yeah. Right. You just persistence drinking. I guess I would say persistence drinking. And now we're into, you know, is it something that wants to propagate itself? It has that consequence, even if there's no, you know, is the alien aware, even if there's no intelligence behind uh, addiction, like it's not out there doing push-ups. It behaves as if there was. So now you brought up IA before. Isn't that the Turing test for AI? If it responds, if the machine is capable of responding as if, it might as well be. Yeah. I don't know if that helps us. It's it's uh, um, It does help us in the sense of countering it. Because you want to cut it off from spreading. Mm-hmm. You know, and is that possible? Um Certainly before 1935, the chances <laughs> were slim. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> and, you know, so that's a major breakthrough, yeah, right? Like the yeah. polio vaccine. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, and, and um, you know, I have, I mean, I have thought a lot about how that works. So, um, <clears throat> but for me personally, like the story of my friends, Oh, Alien and then Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. So Ridley Scott comes out with two brilliant movies. Spielberg's doing, okay, now Indiana Jones, you know, and he and Lucas and Star Wars are really embedded in the World War II mentality and uh, the downstream flows from that. And um, I feel like he's going in a different direction. And that is interesting to me, but what does addiction do? I'm not going to do anything with that because I'm going to freaking drink. 
And then I'm going to find, you know, and I'm not saying being a lawyer isn't where it's great. I was able to help a lot of people. It's super interesting. And a lot of awesome things came Absolutely, out. Absolutely. Yes. Um, and I could do a certain amount of it, but I do think addiction causes the uh, deferral of a lot of things. Def- like, what do you mean? Deferring. Yeah, they're per- put on hold. Well, no, I know, but is there anything just, just in general you mean? Like it's a general statement, it like it defers things? Well, we can it... come up with specific things. You might have done something like this a lot sooner. Right. You might have started it in your 20s. Right. And then you'd be employing a shitload of people like Oprah, you know, and you'd come up with a cool name for your <laughs> studio and you could do it here in Chicago and be like, you know, that Chad Johnson's amazing. How do I get on his show? You have to talk to his numb nut uh, assistant, this clown named Jim Herman. <laughs> Total Goopa, I don't know why he keeps him around, but that's where you start. You can work your way up from there. He's the one that throws the chum in the water. <laughs> oh <my God> <laughs> See what comes up. <laughs> oh, so, so I'm, I'm, you know, I do think there's people who just missed out on like my heart goes out like to women. Yes. Who are active addicts yes. uh, as mothers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not deferral. That's just gone. Yeah. But, you know, I'm picking on, on something here that's, you know, like theoretically, you can still do it. Theoretically. Yeah. I mean, like you're doing this. Yeah. So I, and here I am, I'm talking about alien. My friends didn't want to hear about it in 1980 or 77, whenever it came out. 79. How many friggin' years later? Mm-hmm. Bye, 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 bye. So. Uh, Guys, why didn't you just like, you know, fucking. Yeah. We wouldn't, we could have moved on to something substantive to help my people get sober. Jesus, man. Oh, that's... But that's, you know, a pent for me, that's a pent up thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's a lot of that. Yeah. That, you know, the, the suppression of, of, I don't know, I guess emotions, any reactions, emotions, I guess a reaction is an emotional, you know, occurrence to something, but that was what my drinking was about, but I didn't know it Wait, at the time. What do you mean? The suppression, that. the suppression, the suppression, suppression oh. of all, for me, it was like feelings and emotions. Yeah. And, you know, as I got older and got away. Yeah. And, well, I don't have those. So yeah. I, yeah. Me. I know you're a cold hearted son of a bitch. Clarion. <laughs> you are an air sign. Uh, I know, man. But, uh, yeah, the suppression like that, that, um, I, I, and I, in my recovery, that that was a, a really difficult thing for me to get through was what I had suppressed finally had to come to the surface and I had to figure it out. Cause you know, I mean, you, you know, firsthand, like of, of, you know, the shit that I was going through and how I don't think I would have been able to, um, get to where I am without the, like, I guess, support system, a a thing that I have been trying to champion for people who are in recovery, early recovery. It's like, whether you go, you choose to go through the AA route, which is where you and I met. And that's, that's how Mm -hmm. we choose to, to stay sober. The, 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 the through line, the continuum is that it's the people you have to have a group of people around you, or you're never, you're not going to be able to do this shit on your own. 
All right. Well, then I will talk about some I skipped over, you know, and I want to burden this like a million topics. Ha <laughs> uh, The Dunbar number. So there's this British anthropologist. So I talked about this, the Dunbar limit. The Dunbar, uh, maybe Dunbar. I, it sounds familiar to me, but I don't know if I heard it. So one of the things anthropologists have been trying to figure out is why the neocortex, the newest part of the brain, neo, the front right. part is bigger in different primates. We're a primate. Yeah. Um, and they've, there's been different theories over the years. Oh, it's we need brains, bigger neocortex to use tools, uh, which actually tool uses goes back, I don't know, a million years. So, um, or is it so we can keep maps in our heads to find uh, resources like glucose? Like, where's the apple tree? Where are the strawberries? Whatever. Right. Um, well, this Dunbar comes up with the idea that brain size, I'll just say brain size, is correlate, positively correlated to social group size. So the bigger your brain, the bigger your social group, or the bigger your social group, the bigger your brain. Why? Because the what you said about it's the connections. And we really use our brains to keep track of relationships, but not just relationships with our own relationships, like you and I, but your, I keep tracking your relationship with Miles Graham and Amy. Nancy. Nancy. I don't, or I don't. <laughs> See what I mean? Yeah. I haven't fully evolved. <laughs> Give that motherfucker another brain cell. <laughs> Why didn't they talk about alien with you? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, exactly. Um, so that, that, so he, the, here's the other thing that the limit is based on the brain size, there's a, finite number of relationships. Right. And it's a round, it varies with the person around 150. So then they go, other people have gone and said, well, what are the um, real life corollaries? The Roman Maniple, 120, Army Company, 180. Uh, there's a business out oh. there that when the, the division reaches about over 200, they break it apart without conscious reference to the Dunbar number. And I looked and I, Facebook has, hired psychologists who are aware of this because if you think about it now going back to the tool user from a million years ago his name was homo habilis handyman used you know a rock with an edge oh my god so what is faith it's a tool you know like an atlatl extends your leverage makes your arm longer you can throw a spear further right facebook extends your neocortex like a calculator to more men. So you can keep track of more relationships or you think you can. Right. That's, you know, what's going, I think is what's going on there. And uh, so other people have done things like these other Brits on mass transit and, uh, and um, GDP and municipalities, mm -hmm. figuring mm -hmm. if you bring more people in, you get more connections, you get more economic activity, you get more growth. So now you're talking about it in terms of recovery. Right. Why does it work? Because we have an evolutionary advantage on keeping track of relationships. That's how we operate. I mean, I don't want to take the mystery and the spirituality out of it, but fuck, you know. I mean, some people don't want to hear that. You play the cards. Right. Right? Bipedalism, we walk on two feet, persistence. But all these things can be turned against us. I can walk to the alcohol store, even if I can't drive, and get more booze. Yeah. And I will persist. I will. In doing that. Absolutely. Right? Like the postal service. There you go. So, um, and then, so that's why, it, you know, when people say it's a disease of isolation, Chad. Pause. Everyone goes, oh. Well, actually, that make when you think in terms of Dunbar's it, it, number. It makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. 
Because what the hell? Otherwise, remember that movie with Albert Brooks judging your life? I don't know. And, and maybe I I they got that. the idea. But he it's in the 90s and he comes okay. out in the early 90s and they go, oh, well, you know, one of the do you get to move on to heaven or not? One of the things they do is they review the videos of your life that have been kept. <laughs> okay, perfect. Which, let's hope that really doesn't yeah, happen. Because uh, uh, could be awkward. <laughs> or not. There's a couple uh, out there. So um <laughs> yeah. Uh reboot. So um <laughs> But they also talk about the percentage of brain you used. Now oh. they don't talk about it in terms of your relationships, but just like, well, how much effort did you really give into your life? Yeah. But if you think about it in terms of uh, the Dunbar lumber and the neocortex, well, how much per, per part of our brain are we using if we're drinking and we're not interacting with people? It's 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 like very very little. Right. Well, unless what what probably happens is, yeah, is we start, you know, it's asymptotic, you know, zero Mm -hmm. or one and the curve keeps approaching it because there's always one, Mm -hmm. which is us, yourself, Mm -hmm. you know. And then if if it's a regressive thing, if we continue with this uh, idea of alcoholism or addiction as the evolved alien, okay, it has no it doesn't know it's evolving to be a killer, but it has through the laws of natural selection. Well, one isn't enough. 10, five, six, it's got to get you to zero. And it gets a lot of people to zero. You know, it's down to, I'm only now using my brain to relate to one person, me. Me. And that's too much for the alien. We're going to take it to zero. And we know people extinguish themselves. Absolutely. I mean, you know, someone in our Thursday night group recently, you know, over the summer that happened and oh, yeah. uh yeah um jesus that was bravo on that one um so how long have we been you've been sober how long now third july 13th 93 so it was a so few months before yeah. x files came third, out and yeah. my first child was born and the Gettysburg movie, which I took a bunch of AAs to, Anna Lana and yeah, her mother. Let's go. People are like, I have these obviously strange hobbies that go with all these things, these multiplayer simulation games, military and whatnot. Yeah, and yeah. so I was, I had been a Civil War reenactor and I could have been in this movie if I hadn't drank. You, you actually, I did not know you were an actor in that form. You I was not that. a reenactor. Oh, no, no, I know a reenactor, but you did do those. Yeah, but when Turner was making the movie, he they put the word out. Everybody wanted to be in the movie because then he didn't have to pay him. Yeah. So it's a stroke of genius, but I guess, you know, he's a millionaire, whatever. So, and dated Jane Fonda, I mean, and started a cable channel with classic movies on it. I mean. Who can argue with that? Yeah. Um, But I drank and I was like, I didn't have the oomph. Fuck that. I could have been in a damn movie and hung out with a bunch of military history nuts. So there's a, there's too. a missed opportunity. Yeah. Got and those. Um, so I can, so I did drag people to the movie when it came out and they came, they were only showing it. It wasn't going to be a big hit. So they, it was at Navy pier. Mm. So like Missy H and Steve D and Craig D Max, Steve S I think Bill S, whoever, it's Susan and Alana and a little baby thing going on to Navy Pier. And we watched this three-hour Turner vanity piece. Is that Jeff Daniels? Was he in that one? Yeah. yeah. He does a pretty good job. And it's based on 
the Michael Shara book, which yeah. I the Lusitania thing you were talking about earlier with a yeah. shifting perspective, it kind of reminded me of that. Okay, he goes into the heads of you know uh, Chamberlain, Lee, Pickett, Armistead, you know, different people on both sides. Buford. I'm a distant, distant relative of Robert E. Lee. Oh well, yeah. What are you do about that? Can't can't choose your family. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's not a good story. <laughs> didn't didn't land that one, did I? I? My son, I just recently had an argument about whether he actually was that good a general. So oh. um, I know people assume he was, but you know he really he was very aggressive, but he cost a lot of lives. Yeah, he would he would lose as many or more than he some of his stuff. They flipped it later, but uh, and at Gettysburg with Pickett's charge. Um, which is good news. So I could have been in that. I, at least I could have made the effort. I didn't make the effort, but when I got sober, I made the secondary effort. I, my wife, Susan was thrilled that I was sober. She probably would have gone to Gettysburg with me and brought the baby. Um, but all these people came. Why? Because it just now that no one's drinking, you just want to fill your time with something mm-hmm. and we're going to go do this movie. They had zero interest. They've heard of it and the Gettysburg Address and, you know, the Civil War was important, right? And everybody came and watched this movie down in Navy Pier. It's like three hours long. (laughs) And, you know, it's not the most, you know, Jeff Daniels does a great job and that's pretty interesting. But uh, um, let's just say it drags at places, you know. I mean, how can it not? (laughs) <laughs> but the, to me, I remember that because all these people came, there's that support, there's that connection you're talking about. And it didn't really matter in what environment it took place. I mean, it mattered to me in that sense. I wasn't that involved. We're going to do my thing. And I would do that later with these same people. I'd bring these games. Everyone would sit around and nothing would happen, but people would like be like, okay, what happens next? Well, you're the Assyrians, you're the Babylonians, you're the Egyptians, you're the Illyrians and you're the Iberians, okay? We're going to have these civilizations on this map of the Mediterranean. People are like, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, man. Let's t- Let me know when the next century passes. Oh, it's by millennia. That's better. <laughs> Otherwise, Herman, this game would never end. <laughs> we're doing it by centuries. Oh, my God. And that was the second part of my conversation with Jim. In case you were wondering what in the hell we were talking about at the end of the episode, we were discussing the 90s classic television show, The X-Files. And if you are unfamiliar, I highly recommend you go check it out. It is kind of a mind bender. And um, it was sort of a phenomenon. I kind of miss it. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I hope you enjoyed part two. Uh, I'm going to go get some sleep. Um, And you, when you're ready, are going to listen to part three. Um, It has a really nice, wonderful bow on the the top of it (laughs) to wrap everything up. Whew, do I need sleep. All right, everybody. Uh, Be kind and loving to others. Be kind and loving to yourself. Give yourself a big, big old hug. You deserve it. I'll talk to you later. Enjoy the next episode. Take care.